Hello out there in podcast world. This is Renew Gurus, your source for all things energy policy and politics in Missouri <gasps> and beyond. I'm Executive Director James Owen coming to you live on tape from the palatial Renew Missouri studios in beautiful Northern Columbia. I am uh, not with a producer right now. <laughs> uh, since Danielle left, uh, we have had Philip Frasica running our boards on this. We were supposed to do this podcast last week, but we were busy getting ready for our end of the year energy policy CLE. And we also were trying to settle a case uh, with Spire Gas. Um, I can I can kind of talk about that, but I want to save that for a re-news at a later date. Uh, I do have, who is kind of helping us with recording this, our Renew Missouri intern and University of Missouri undergrad student, Dalton Archer. Dalton! Hello. Hello. How are you? Well, I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing very well. Um, we are, you know, we're kind of shifting how things are working at Renew Missouri here. I think we're going to go without an office manager. So I'm trying to um, manage that and do all these other things I normally do. And so that's all been very um, exciting. So I'm glad that I can kind of finally do something I'm used to doing, which is this podcast. But we wanted to have you on, Dalton. Not just because you work here and you do a good job and you kind of help us with our policy work and you help us with kind of just general things around here. And hopefully you'll help us with our legislative efforts when the uh, legislature comes back in 2021. But you were also involved pretty um, pretty ex extensively with a group called, uh, it's called American Conservation Coalition. That is correct. Yeah. So ACC. Yeah. Not the sports conference. Not the collegiate no, sports uh, conference. Not to be confused with that. Right. So... Um, now I know I've uh, I've actually been on a couple I've been on a webinar or two for your group. Uh, we've talked about your group, but like kind of just for our uh, vast audience out there, can you kind of talk a little bit about what the ACC is and yeah. like what their mission is and how they achieve that mission? Yeah, absolutely. So the American Conservation Coalition was made back in 2017. Um, the goal of it is to encourage Republicans and mm -hmm. right of center individuals to be more on board with clean energy, mm. environmental um, focuses with policy, and then other kind of stuff like that. So we've grown since 2017 on what we're doing exactly. So there's American okay. Conservation Coalition, yep. which is our 501c4. And then oh, okay. actually, as we're recording this, uh, we oh. just recently did a rebranding of our organization's so now what I've been is involved with... Is this breaking with, news? This isn't breaking news, <laughs> but this is for... This okay. is renew breaking news. Okay. Um, but uh, we <laughs> our American Conservation Coalition campus program, which is what I've been involved with right. mostly, which is our 501c3, is now the Conservation Coalition. Oh. And so that's something we could talk about briefly too, but we've been doing a little bit different stuff there. So you're the Conservation Coalition. Yes. That is what I'm also involved with. So that's our two organizations. It used to be ACC Campus. Now it's TCC. TCC? TCC, yeah. What's, T, what's the T stand for? The. The. <laughs> ah. So, yeah, because I was going to say Christian Coalition's kind of already got the CC, does it not? I don't know. Okay. Don't, don't, no, don't. I mean, I'm not. No, no, I mean, no, no, no. I'm not. You're not. I'm not a copyright lawyer. Don't panic. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, they, I think they are. I think... You know, I've always seen whenever I've uh, corresponded with that group because they've been interested in these topics as well, cc.org, but you are the CC. Yeah. 
the Conservation Coalition. Yeah. So that's the collegiate end of this. But there's also a because I okay. So I think I was mistaken in believing that the whole group was involved with collegiate efforts. No, so we do actually stuff on a policy level, and that's why we kind of wanted to separate the two. One being education and advocacy, and then ACC is now almost, well, not almost, but very well involved with the policy aspects uh-huh. of doing stuff with the Republican Party primarily. Okay. On kind of moving the ball on policy for climate change and renewable energy and energy efficiency, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so this has only been around for three years yep. or so, and now you're kind of going through this new rebranding where you have kind of distinctive groups. Yeah. So, like, with your job, like, with this, with the Conservation Coalition, I mean, kind of explain, you have a Missouri, University of Missouri chapter. Yeah. So what do you all do? How, so, do you, how do you promote this stuff? So I am the state coordinator here in Missouri, and so okay. my primary job is to recruit what it used to be is simply just college students. And now that we've done the rebranding of, we're expanding outside of the campus. Yeah. So now we're doing the community. So ACC's chapter at Mizzou, or our branch is what it's, the ACC branch for Mizzou is actually now Columbia, Missouri. Oh. Uh, as a general. So anyone, uh, any community members who are interested in what we do can be involved with the organization more hands-on than just at the collegiate level. If you're in Columbia. If you're in Columbia. And what we're trying to work on is get other branches started across the state to kind of talk to local leaders, um, do stream cleans, um, trash pickups, stuff like that, to kind of um, bring that message to your community as well, that if you are right of center, or if you have, you're maybe left of center, but you also have more of a pragmatic view on how we do yeah. renewable energies or right. environment, then this would be an opportunity for you to get involved with that. Okay. So when you're talking about what you're doing at the University of Missouri, that's more like for the community of Columbia itself. Yeah. And, and now it is. Within the last week or so, that's what we have, oh. we have transformed. So previously what I was I'm only learning doing... I'm learning so much here. I know, <laughs> yeah. So previously what I was doing was bringing guest speakers onto campus. Right. And they almost, not exclusively, but... Um, our primary audience was the college Republicans at Mizzou. Right. And we invited any kind of people who are interested in the event to I, go to those. I remember you had Caleb Arthur, had our Caleb friend Arthur, and supporter yep. that runs Sun Solar down in Springfield. You yep. had, did you have Scott Roop come eventually? We did not because oh. of the the uh, recent pandemic. Um, everything recent? Kind of, <laughs> you mean the ongoing <laughs> The pandemic. ongoing, but at the time when everything hit the fan, okay. we were just like, we're going to do something about it. Because I know I was trying to help you yeah. get him because... Uh, yes. Uh, Commissioner Roop, our friend, former Renew Guru's podcast guest. I've been a podcast guest on his podcast because eventually we're all just going to be guests on each other's podcasts when all this is said <laughs> and done. Uh, yeah, so I know we were talking about that, but okay, that was earlier this year when everything when everything changed, yes, as they say. Okay, so you were getting guest speakers to come talk to yeah. college Republicans because you're also involved with the college Republicans, too. Yes, yeah, I am. Okay, because they're like the treasurer. I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So you're going to have the bean counter and make sure everyone stays honest. <laughs> everyone needs a group like that. So, um, okay, so you were doing these guest speaker things. And I, and I went to, I think I, I did go to the one that Caleb Yeah, and had. that's where we met. Yeah, we And that's met where that we time. met. That was a while ago. I think that was back in maybe that 2018. Was March of 2018. Yeah, yeah, okay. So now... Or 2019. March of 2019. Oh, yeah. I can't keep anything straight. No, uh-uh. 
Okay, so now in addition, to, are you still doing that kind of work? Yes. Now that's obviously taken a new form with everything. Right. Um, the the virtual event we did a couple months ago is kind of yeah more of an example of what we right. did now, and so that was very successful when we transferred over to that and we did it on Facebook and yeah. we still do Facebook events all the time. That was a Facebook live event yeah. you all did. And we do yeah. we do a lot of those and so that's an easy way to see kind of the information okay. that we put out there yeah. and what we promote um, in our campaigns that we're doing now. So what else do you do? I mean, so you say like that was your primary focus yeah. but now with this new kind of, you've got this new kind of organization rebranded you said that you're kind of going, I mean, this is still pretty recent. I mean, what do you have as an ambition to do? So my, as of right now, my job hasn't changed a whole lot. It's still the same focus. Um, the easiest thing for me right now is to reach out to um, kind of right of center groups on college campuses mm-hmm. and get somebody who would like to take the charge up in their communities. So like when I think about right of center college groups, I mean, forgive me for a second. Yeah. I went to a very small college. Yeah. Drew University for any of my um, alumni out there or people who helped mold and shape me as a young man. We didn't really have a lot of like student groups. I mean, like, so I know we had like political groups, but yeah. not very many. And uh, so, like, are there a lot of are there a lot of political groups like on a ma- on a big campus like Mizzou? That sounds like a really dumb question, but I'm yeah, just kind of curious. Mizzou Mizzou is obviously a bigger when it comes to all kinds of groups. Right. Um, so kind of groups that I look for, um, for kind of reaching out and bringing this message to see if they'd be interested yeah. in promoting new policy in the GOP would be obviously called Republicans. Right. There's Turning Point USA. Um, there's Are they yeah. center rights? They seem like they're kind of like very right. Um, Turning Point. It, it, chapter by chapter. Is, it did, is, okay. It, <laughs> you know, and the, and the nice thing is, is when you talk to different groups and even, even left of center organizations. So okay. College okay. Democrats, you've got... Yeah. Um, all kinds of groups on on the left to center, but each chapter kind of has its own identity, is what I okay. found. Um, but uh, Turning Point is an organization that I reach out to, and um, Young Americans for Liberty, uh, okay. Young Americans for Freedom, oh, groups because, like that as well. And because yeah. and the reason I want to reach out to all of them is because sometimes I wonder if um, policy that the GOP has in their stances might dispossess individuals from being involved with college Republicans. Uh, right. And this is one of those examples of renewable energy, um, yeah. you know, environmental policy, stuff like that. And that is why ACC is really trying to um, encourage the party itself to adopt these policies, not just individuals in the House or Senate, on, yeah. the, US, on the grand scale of D.C., or even at the local levels and then the states. Yeah, okay. So I, I, I get what you mean. Because, I mean, like, that's what's always been interesting to me since I've taken this job. Uh, I, I've been doing, I've been working for Renew Missouri for three years now. So this is kind of like the first time I've ever really focused on this particular topic and talking to people on both sides of the yeah. aisle. I just, <laughs> in case people need to be reminded, I, I used to be kind of a partisan guy. I had been, I'd run for office. I had been appointed. I worked for Governor Nixon, his administration. Jay Nixon was a Democrat. So, I mean, I have, like, kind of a reputation as being a Democratic guy. I've also worked for a lot of Republicans, but that's a little less well-known. Um, and I always, it's interesting to me because, like, to me, I look at the Republican Party, and I look at conservatives, and I, it makes sense from my perspective that they should be in favor of this sort of policy to encourage renewables and encourage energy efficiency because 
one, it, it gives people options. I mean, like yeah. one of the things that I always, you know, that Republicans and conservatives espouse is free market. Yep. Yeah. Uh, looking at like, you know, the options that consumers should have, the government getting out of the way of it. But then, you know, one of the challenges with that, with renewable energy, just comes inherently from the fact that you have to, in a state like Missouri anyway, and, you know, you and I have talked about how this varies from state to state, how you have to buy your energy here from a monopoly. And not only just a monopoly, but a monopoly that is sanctioned as monopoly from the government. Yeah. And yet I see Republicans, Democrats, conservative, liberal lawmakers, all, and they're all kind of, I mean, they all... They all get supportive of those monopolies for some reason or another. Like, a utility company, I know that I've talked to a lot of Republican lawmakers who say, well, you know, these power companies are business, they're private business, they have shareholders, like we want to, they're making good business decisions and we don't, we don't want regulators getting in the way of that. Which is a weird attitude because then that kind of just allows them to you know that allows that private company to act more and more like a government but then like with 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 liberals or democrats and i mean honestly there aren't that many lawmakers who are liberal or democrats in missouri but they tend to uh look at amron evergy our two large uh, utilities that are kind of anchored in kansas city and st louis those are big job uh creators in those areas union jobs the unions like the utility companies. <laughs> yeah. I, and that's, and I'm not like saying anything that's like surprising anybody. I mean, they're kind of easy to negotiate with because they were just able to like raise rates whenever they want to like give somebody a, a, a higher pay rate. So, I mean, like, so it's, it's frustrating. So, like, you see, it's almost like a bipartisan thing where people are supportive of utilities. And look, it's a public service, it's providing a public good. I understand why people are supportive of it, but it seems like, from my perspective, I know I've kind of overtaken this. This was supposed to be an interview of you. But it just seems <laughs> interesting to me that Republicans aren't as eager to say, or they have not been in my experience in the legislature, to say, oh, we think that we should open up this market a little bit. Does that seem weird to you that they're it, not more behind that? It, it does seem weird. That and, and that's, I think, a great example of how complicated this issue in general is. It is. And, and one of the things that I think ACC helps down helps is break down that barrier of this binary choice. Yeah, and you're seeing this right now, and this is something I this frustrated me personally when I turn on the news on stuff, is with the wildfires in California. Right. As a fisheries and wildlife biology yeah. student, this is what yeah. this is what my original focus was was the environment on a biology ecology side. Right. Um, forest fires are natural and good. All right. They can be. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what it always has been. Clears out stuff. It and like clears out it, stuff yeah. and prevents right. the f entire forest from burning down. And this yeah. is something I've been saying for years because I just know this stuff. And it's kind of an interesting topic. Yeah. Um, when you go and you see the rhetoric going on in California right now, it's either it's 100% because of climate change or it's 100% right. because of bad forest management. <laughs> and you have to choose... Yeah. Yeah. And, and it might be a little bit of both, but the fact that we don't yeah. really have a mature conversation about stuff like that, and we don't have the mature conversation about renewables or you know monopolies right. on energy and stuff like that, we're not having that mature conversation. And I think uh, one of the things that ACC has been trying to do is encourage people with 
the different perspective that has been traditionally left out yeah. of the conversation on renewables, which is free market guys, libertarians, mm-hmm. people who don't like monopolies, people who right. may not necessarily like union, yeah, unions in general, True. people like that, bring them into the conversation. You get a different perspective. And maybe they're not correct. Maybe yeah. the other side's not correct. You get more people in that perspective talking about issues, you're going to come to a better solution because of how complex the problem is to begin with. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and I'll tell you this. I mean, and I, I want to kind of get back to the forest fire thing because that is interesting because that does have a lot to do with utilities. And I want to yeah. get to that in a second. But I think you, you touch on a point that what is what has been you know, someone, you know, I'm in my early 40s. You're in your early 20s. I've been involved with politics ever since I got out of college. I worked on a campaign right out of college. Um, and, yeah, I mean, listen, partisanship has always been there. Uh, nasty campaigning has always been there. But I think, you know, in the past 20 years, the whole, like, ability to nationalize conversations, like, we don't have local conversations about politics or policy anymore because everyone has cable, everyone has Facebook, and so you're seeing stuff come in from everywhere. And and so, you know, you're able to, you, you don't look at something from just a local perspective or a Missouri perspective and say, okay, well, this is what, you know, we have concern about. And then, you know, and I think that generally Republicans and Democrats can look at some an issue and say, well, there might be something we have in common here that we can work on and try to, like, reach some consensus. Well, now, instead of that, we're looking almost exclusively at these bigger picture issues like climate change, like, you know, whatever. Uh, or we're hearing it from a national voice. I mean, like, one of the voices that talks about that bad force management is our president. Donald Trump. He talks about how California's done a horrible job with this, and he thinks that's the problem. So you hear that get repeated a lot on the news, and you hear that get repeated in social media. And there's probably something to that. Because here's the thing, and this is where I, and I will make my point, and then I'll move on to the, to the forest fire thing. Like, we just hear that stuff, and then we just repeat it as though there's not, like, a complicated, like, conversation to be had. Exactly. Right? I mean, so... And, and, the, and then it also is amplified by the fact that, like, when we're on social media, we can choose who we listen to. We can choose who we don't listen to. You know, we get into fights with people. We tend to, like, I tend to, like, not get involved with any fights on social media because it doesn't really help my job here to do that. Uh, <laughs> but people get into fights and they get frustrated or they get burned out. And they, like, do, like they block people. They delete people. So then you're just hearing, like, one side of things. And then, you know, what's pretty clear to me when you look at trends in how people watch TV is people will watch cable news based on what they want to hear. Republicans watch Fox. Democrats or liberals watch MSNBC. I don't know who watches CNN. I don't watch <laughs> I mean, listen, I don't watch any cable news, honestly, because I it's exhausting. Oh, yeah. No. I don't ever hear anything new. I hear people, like, kind of mad about stuff and like look i can like be mad and not watch tv that's fine but like that's where people get aggressive and hostile and they don't look at nuances and everything else and i think it's i I think you know every side is guilty of that i mean i think there are some sides that do it better than others but you know yes you're right we aren't talking about this in like a mature way no one is so yeah, I mean, because what's interesting about the the, uh, the the fires in the West? I mean, okay, I you know I'm not a I'm not a climate guy. I'm not a I'm not a meteorologist. I know it's been dry in California. 
And a lot of people would say it's drier out there because there's a change in how the weather patterns work and that's a change in climate, which leads to the threat of forest fires, or the threat of it. But then also, I know that when we had uh, forest fires a couple of years ago in California, I think this just happened two years yeah. ago, uh, where we had this kind of same scenario play out, not as bad. But there was also an issue with, you know, was Pacific Gas and Electric, the big utility out there, were they doing a good job of, you know, you know dealing with underbrush and trees around their transmission lines, around their distribution lines? And the answer was, I think what was concluded was they weren't doing a very good job with that. So, I mean, it is very likely, as you said, that all of those things could have a solution to them. Now, I mean... To the extent that California and states out west have done a better job of trying to move towards renewables and move towards more energy efficiency, yes, they have done that. Um, is that enough to curb a global situation? No, of course not. I mean, like that, you know, you look at, you know, what we're doing in the rest of the country, what we're doing in China, what we're doing in India, what we're doing with all the developing parts of the world who aren't able to do this because they don't have the availability to capital to build wind and to build solar and quite frankly to transmit it where it needs to go because everyone forgets about that part of this when they're talking about well, we need to build more wind we need to build more solar but then how do you get it from where you make good wind and good solar to where people are going to use it right so it's all it is it's complicated it's complicated <laughs> yeah. it happens. i could go on i mean yeah and so like you watch what happens of course, then I think about, and I shouldn't laugh about this because this is distressing, and I'm not really sure like how pervasive this is, but like you see on social media, there are people going around, like people with some authority saying, and people are believing this. I don't really think this is pervasive, but they're saying like these forest fires are a front for like people to come and take your stuff out of your house. And so those people aren't leaving. Really? I've read no. that. Now listen. I haven't heard that, but I've, I'm on it's Twitter. It's a crazy time. It's, it's crazy. crazy. What, what is distressing about Twitter and Facebook is one idiot can get on there and say something completely wrong, completely random, completely mired, and just kind of this fever dream conspiracy. And then all of a sudden, that catches wind. Mm -hmm. And then people think it. Now, do I think there is a, a, a you know, do I think there's an epidemic of people not leaving their houses because they're worried that Antifa is going to go in there and like take over their house? I doubt it. But I think there's some people who might think that. Mm -hmm. I think there's certainly people that are trying to promote that idea out there. Because I actually saw someone say that, oh, you look at these forest fires, they don't go into Mexico. So what's going on with that? I'm like, uh, I don't know. Are there any? <laughs> Are there any fires going on in Southern California? I thought they were all kind of like north of Los Angeles and kind of towards San Francisco. I I don't know. You have people like saying that. Yeah. It It's not helpful. Yeah. <laughs> and those people aren't wanting to be helpful. They're wanting attention. And there's people that will give that to them. So anyway, what were we talking about? <laughs> well, Oh, it, consensus. Yes. It, and, I, and I can kind of move the topic to something that... Yeah. Um, kind of focuses on that fact that when we bring everything to a national level, yeah. almost nothing ever gets done. No. And even on a state level, you look at that in Missouri, it feels like sometimes, I'm sure you can attest to this, sometimes it feels like nothing ever gets done. Well, it feels insurmountable when you look at the, I mean, I'll tell you this from having worked in state government, when you have to look at like, you know, like where I'm from, Webster County, and you had to look at like what you can do for the state how do you do that for Webster County and for St. Louis? And then can you have the same policy solution that is good for both areas? Yeah. 
And sometimes the answer is no. And and that's <clears throat> and that's one of the things. So um, ACC does not endorse a presidential candidate. Right. We do not endorse a presidential candidate. We do endorse um, legislators on a state or local level. Oh, and, you do. And the reason why we do that is this is a conservative value that we try to promote. And this mm-hmm. kind of comes from the ideas of Roger Scruton. Um, Who's that? He's uh, the late Roger Scruton, a great um, English philosopher. Oh, okay. Um, very, he, he kind of wrote the, I would call it the Bible of ACC, called Green Philosophy. How to, okay. Um, Green Philosophy, that's something you can like great. get on Amazon? You could get that on, this is okay. not a sponsorship, but no, this... For, trust me, <laughs> if someone's out there listening that wants to give me money to sponsor that... But one of the, the, the principles of conservatism that Roger Scruton tied into the environment was the idea of localism and right. the love of home. So yeah. that's a very conservative idea. And so if we take that love of home, mm-hmm. we love our parks here in Columbia. We love you know the ability for us to go hunting yeah. and fishing here in the state of Missouri. We take those love of home, we take that localism, and where there is an actual sense of community... And that's really where the heart of getting things done happens. Mm-hmm. And when we do that, we have more serious conversations because the people in the community, we have more in common than not. Yeah. Whereas you go on the national level, you turn on the cable television to whatever you want to watch, whatever you want to hear. You're hearing people who are like you, and then there are the others. And then right. that's where no conversation happens. Yes. Right. And so you tie that down to a local level. You make renewable energy a community thing. Mm-hmm. You make that something that is love of home, um, even if it's environmental policy as well, renewables, right. environmental um, energy efficiency. You do that. That is where real change could happen. And there isn't so much animosity over it. Yeah. You really get a feel that you're doing something for yeah. people you care about. But don't you think, I mean, and this is just kind of playing devil's advocate, because I agree. Like, I think, like, for us, you know, we're, we're focused on Missouri. We have a little bit of a focus on Kansas right now on, on certain things. But we focus on this region. I mean, so we're trying to get that done. But, I mean, I also recognize that if there was a directive coming from the federal government, if there was, like, more, like, telling states how to do this cohesively. I mean, listen, I understand states are kind of their, you know, they're, they're sovereign that's in the Constitution. They should do certain things. But there are also, at times, policies that are bigger than any one state. Yep. So if you don't have it coming as a as something from you know a larger level, are we going to have enough consistency to move towards that goal? So the tricky thing, I feel like, personally, when we're talking on a, a national level, is what's good for Missouri might not be great for Utah or California or Wyoming or Florida or Texas. And so one of the things I think conservatives in general are hesitant of, and they, you know, the claims from the Obama administration is they're forcing down one or two sources of energy, which may not be the best for a certain area. And so what we're trying to do with um, people in GOP leadership is kind of trying to get them to focus on policies that are looking at all types of ways to, at the very least, lower carbon emissions. So we we put out the American Climate Contract a couple months ago, Mm -hmm. which is kind of just a platform, a framework that GOP um, legislators and leaders can use as 
a way to create policy that would move into that direction. Of, right. It doesn't really give any policy platform, you know, um, goals. It just says here are things to focus on when you're making that kind of policy. Okay. So let me ask you this. I mean, you've only been this group has only been around for a few years. I mean, have you and you've only you know you're a young guy. You're you're obviously very passionate and you care very much about this. Um, have you found that there's been tangible progress in trying to change any hearts and minds on this issue with, well, your, with your brethren? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. Like I, Because I remember when I went and started speaking to the college Republicans back in 2018 about this right. stuff. And I was obviously like the token environmentalist at the time. <laughs> um, yeah. Just because... And, and, most everybody's market, you know, are yeah. you know, business guys, market right. guys, uh, poli sci guys. And I was over here as a fisheries and wildlife, you know, ecologist. And that's right. kind of an odd, you know, odd thing to throw into the ring. Um, sure. But I remember I worked on a campaign in 2018 and, I, and they asked me what I wanted to do. Right. And they asked me what my major was. And of course, the major doesn't match up with the job I had at the time. And they said, you should try to combine the two. So yeah. when I started going and talking to people about this stuff, younger younger voters, particularly, especially on the GOP side, are definitely, and no pun intended, more warm to these ideas. Uh, yeah. and, and they're interested in it from a libertarian perspective of freedom to choose your energy, yeah. um, diversify your portfolio of what kind of energy you're using, um, understanding that, um, you know, Carbon emissions aren't great. If we can lower those in any way we can, that's, that's a net positive for everybody. Um, and so on on the GOP level as a whole, you'll see our endorsements. Uh, and you can go to our website, acc.eco, and, and see kind of the people that we endorse and the supporters okay. we have. I mean, we've got the... The Senate minority or the House Minority Leader uh, Kevin McCarthy, oh, right. uh, big supporter of what we do. We have other um, leaders in the in the House and Senate as well who are very interested in working on these ideas. Lindsey Graham's been a big supporter of us uh-huh. as well, um, or I should say, is is um, supportive of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, within our time, we've helped create the Roosevelt Conservation Caucus. Mm-hmm. which is a bi- uh, bicameral caucus um, in D.C. for GOP to have to focus on these issues as well. How uh, big is that? I mean, when we say bicameral folks, it means both the Senate and the House. Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> it, it, I mean, it, it, if you looked it up, you'll find people that you would recognize. There are household Ooh. names on there that you would recognize. Ooh, interesting. Um, <laughs> and so, so that kind of stuff, I, I do see a big big shift in in the discussion i mean you got matt gates and and oh. whoever you know the audience might have their own opinions on matt gates if they know who he is. <laughs> but he he is one of those people who are um very interested in having those conversations about that well he um, i mean Kevin mccarthy's another one of those and so we'll we're talk about matt gates growth. for a second i mean i kind of laughed about him but he he represents the pan part of the panhandle yeah. of florida getting hit by a hurricane right now yeah right and i mean like and again you know, whatever you want to call it. I mean, if you want to say, like, I mean, it seems like we're having a lot of activity in the Gulf of Mexico this year. Uh, you have multiple hurricanes forming at once. And, you know, that should be concerning if you represent an area like that. And maybe seeing if there's like a, if there is anything that can be done from a perspective of 
how we manage our resources to minimize that. That would yeah. be something you'd be interested in. Yeah, exactly. Right? Okay. Yeah. And you're seeing, and actually, I would say the two states, and this is the two states we're focusing on right now in our campaigns. Right. Um, is is Florida and Texas. Yeah. In Florida, because they can see stuff firsthand on how resources are being used. Yeah. And then it's scary te- in Miami right now. Like when you look at like when it gets when it rains. I mean, you literally have like seawater coming out yeah. from under the roads. And then in Texas, which is a red state that is growing in renewables. Yes. Um, very which much so. and so they understand firsthand as well the importance of renewables on an economic level. And yeah. not necessarily on an environmental level. And that's something that I think... And is, that's fine. And that's fine. That's the thing. It's fine. Because yeah. I think we can separate out different benefits for whatever policies yeah. we have, for whatever group we're talking to. You know, that's is right. It, is it going to create jobs? That's what we focus on. Is it going to um, lower the cost for ratepayers? That's what we need to focus on. If, yes. it, if it's going to help the environment... Lottie freaking die. It helps him, you know, and, and you got to <laughs> yeah. you got to uh, market it in that way. Yeah. And I think the problem is, is that when and this is something that I talk to kind of more left leaning people on campus or peers, students on campus right. when they were doing their rallies, their climate strike, stuff like that. Okay. One of the things I suggested was, look, you have to separate out all of your agenda Whatever your political yeah. view, all of it, you need to separate it out from something that we can have common ground in, which we had talked about, the um, about renewable energy and stuff like that. We can have that conversation, bipartisan conversation, but we have to separate out all our other policy issues and put it on and <laughs> come together on that to make yeah, any progress. And right. I think I think we're just living in that um, era uh, politically to where it's just easier to make everything about everything that you believe in. Yeah, I mean, because, like, that's that's right. I mean, I obviously have my own personal feeling that I think this is good for the environment, but that is not going to work in Jefferson City. Yeah. That is not going to work in southwest Missouri. <clears throat> Excuse me. I mean, but what will, what does get people's attention is when I walk into the Capitol with a representative from Walmart or General Motors, and they want to move facilities to a state where they have access to renewable energy. That gets people's attention yep. because the one thing that Missouri is desperately trying to do right now is attract businesses and attract jobs here because we are losing people in this state. Um, you know, and people can have a very variety of reasons as to why that is. But, I mean, the one goal we want to do is try to bring more jobs here because, I mean, we that's going to be how we, we retain or grow this state. But if you don't look at it from the perspective that, like, a company like Apple or Amazon. I was just reading this morning that Amazon's wanting to build a bunch of warehouses um, to compete with uh, Walmart so they can deliver quicker. You can have your own opinion about Amazon that you want, but the reality is they're only going to move facilities and warehouses to places where they can like fully run those off renewable energy, right? Yep. So if you want to have those jobs in your community, well, you better have renewable access, you know, yep. and like that. And that's something that I feel like. People on my or what I would consider people on my side of the aisle fail to understand, and I and I think you know yeah because that's the thing that's good about this stuff is it works as a liberal argument and a Republican argument yep. and a conservative argument, and so you know that's a good thing. And, and that's on, a good thing. And on that on, on that note as well, um, what you mentioned was private businesses. Yeah, that are taking that initiative on their own without any sort of 
top-down government mandate. Yeah. yeah. Which because and then the thing they're coming from more of a libertarian perspective. When somebody tells you what to do and you don't want to do it, right? You're less likely to want to do it. Yeah. Um, and be more stubborn about it and deny the reasoning behind it or whatever. And you're seeing that kind of right now with masks as well. You know, there yeah. are people who voluntarily took the precautions when they got it, and then now that the same people I've seen, the same people who voluntarily did that back in March are now a bit more stubborn about it now because they're being told by the nanny state that that's what they need to do. And that's a whole other podcast, <laughs> sure. Uh, but it's that general concept of yeah. um, allow people the freedom to take the initiative to do that. And, and, that's, and that's something that we're noticing is that on a government level, we're either not giving people the freedom to do it or we're forcing people to do it and they don't want to. Right. And so where can we find that balance to actually make that pr- progress of moving the ball down the court yeah. to get more renewables? Uh, interesting you use that analogy because I actually was talking earlier this week and I'll be very vague about how I was talking about it because it was frustrating to me because I was talking to a very uh, liberal ally of ours and I got off the phone and I said, you know, I'm trying to move the ball down the court and they don't seem to be satisfied that unless we're going to have a 100-point blowout in this game, that we should just burn the arena down. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that I, was in my head because I was in the room. Oh, were you in the room I was when in I the room that? when we had that conversation. So oh, that was in my head. Okay. Because but it, that's the point, yeah. Yeah, because I, mean, I, yeah, I do feel that there is a sense that incremental progress, working with the free market, doing all this other stuff isn't good enough for some people in this field because it's not like the end goal that they started out with and not realizing that this takes time. I mean, there, there are people, I know people have been doing this for decades and we're making progress. And you can say like, well, are we making progress fast enough? I think the answer is we're making progress as quick as the system will allow us to. Yeah. And I think that's the best we're going to yeah, that's the best we can do. And and that's and that's <laughs> another thing that I think makes um, Republicans or conservatives skeptical is when you make a declaration that we have twelve years until the world is irreversibly destroyed. Right. You are suspicious of is that you actually wanted to make the progress, or is that your excuse to make that power grab to transform everything the way you want? Hmm. You know. And that's, I think, more of the concern than necessarily the environment. Because, And then one of our other campaigns we're doing, and this kind of shoots off to a different topic, but it kind of relates to it. Uh-huh. One of our campaigns we just launched was Stand Up for Sportsmen. Because when you think of environmentalists, you think of the tree huggers, the sandal wearers, you think of all those people. Right. Right? But in reality, who's paying the most for <laughs> making sure the environment is being taken care of? Yeah. It's your hunters, your anglers. Your trappers, those who are paying the yeah. the conservation sales taxes, right. stuff like that, that actually helps fund the projects to help the environment, yeah. help conservation, and and connecting conservation as part of environmentalism is something I think is a little different too, because conservation is nitty and gritty, yeah. and it's not always pretty. You know, sometimes right. you have to go out and cull a population of animals that really looks not pleasant you know but it has to be done and that's just how crazy the environment is just ecology in general is complicated then you throw in the complicated world of utilities and try to connect the two completely and now you're you know you might as well just lose all your hair move out in the woods and 
not want to talk to you. Yeah, oh. yeah just, <laughs> just give up because when you try to throw so many complicated things together, you don't get anything done. And, that's, and, and to be honest, sometimes I wonder if that's the goal, is to make yourself feel good by talking about climate change, by talking about saving the environment, about yeah. we don't like fossil fuels, and keeping it so big and broad yeah. that if somebody opposes you, yeah. You can say they're the bad guy. I'm the good guy. I'm saying the right things. You're not saying the right things. And nothing actually ever gets done. So you always have that satisfaction of feeling mm -hmm. like the good guy without actually accomplishing anything. And when we really start getting into these topics, diving down into all of that, you find that it's a hell of a lot more complicated than you thought. And if you want to get anything done, yeah. you got to make things as small as possible to start working on. Yeah. Well, I mean, talk is cheap. Talk is cheap. <laughs> That's another thing I've learned in, in working in politics and running for office. Um, it is easy to say this is what you, you would do this or you would do that. To actually do it is very different. And for someone who has, I mean, you're, 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 you're you know, I, I see our group as kind of being very like a yeoman a little bit into the extent that we're trying to do this like very small, granular, we're trying to do this case by case the Public Service Commission, we're trying to do this ordinance by ordinance. And you're right, it is all that, like small stuff. I mean, you know, we just got done the past two or three weeks trying to settle a case involving, uh, uh, you know, COVID relief for a utility. Um, that was what I was talking about earlier. I mean, this was like one of the most challenging things I've ever had to do was trying to like, you know, weave in, you know, what everyone was needing and like getting good concessions for consumers getting energy efficiency projections, and that's tough. It's tough to do. It's tough to do at that level. And, you know, yesterday we got it settled, and that's great news. I'm very happy about that. Uh, I think it'll be good news for people in this service territory, but it was a lot of work, and I'm still very tired from it. <laughs> <laughs> but, Dalton, is there anything, because we do need to wrap this up because we're actually over the 40-minute mark, <laughs> so we could talk all day about this we, stuff. You know, and that's what it sounds like. We could. Maybe we could we'll do a couple more episodes. We should. We yeah. will. We will. I mean, because you're just a senior. Are you going to be a... You gonna graduate this year, or what's your? God, I hope so. But that's the original. <laughs> that's the plan. We're gonna graduate yeah. in May. Okay. Well, um, so is there anything else you want to pitch while you're on here? Um, ACC. No. Go or ahead. ACC. Check out acc.eco. Tcc.eco. Um, feel free to become a member. Um, that is something that we could really love to see is uh -huh. seeing people become members, get involved with this kind of stuff. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Yeah. We're on all that kind of platforms. Um, and just even if you're not familiar with what right of center policy looks like, this is a great starting point to see what that is and give give Republicans a chance. That's that's the big thing. All you right. give you give them a chance, <laughs> you try you work with them using their language, using using their priorities, and you might see a different tone. Uh, you know, all you can do is try, right? All you can do is try. All right. Well, uh, and thank you, Dalton, for all you do. And we appreciate you being here and with your perspective. I, I do think it helps diversify what we're doing with our group. Um, and thank you for all you do on campus and for the state. Um, now, my pitches are going to be, uh, okay, so this should be going out on the 17th of September. Uh, we're, uh, I will be participating in a forum for Indy Energy, which is kind of a watchdog group for uh, Independence Power and Light. I'll be doing that at 7 o'clock on the 17th. Uh, we've got information about that on Facebook and Twitter. 
Um, if you want to listen to that, I'll be on there with um, a number of folks, including Ashok Gupta, who's our friend over at NRDC. We will be talking about challenges the city of Independence is facing with their energy needs. Um, also, next Friday, the 25th of September from noon to 1, we might be doing our last health and energy webinar for the year. We've had, um, I think, five of those now, each focusing on kind of a different topic, but we're trying to like make the connection between health and energy efficiency. But we'll also be talking a little bit about how COVID has impacted people who have medical issues uh, and are dealing with those from home, how that they have been impacted with their, like any kind of equipment or anything like that. So we will have John Kaufman, our friend from Consumer Council of Missouri on the webinar to talk about that. Uh, we have a pending one hour of Missouri CLE credit for any lawyers out there. So we'd like for you to be a part of that. Oh, and one more thing. We'll be sending this out, I think, we might be sending this out this week. Um, if you live in a rural area, if you're one of our rural supporters, you're one of our rural listeners, uh, we're trying to get some input and feedback about what you think your rural electric cooperative should be doing as far as like uh, clean energy work. We've got a larger project we're working on right now, and uh, we're trying to get your feedback, what you would like to see done with um, – if you had additional funds in your cooperative area, if, if there was some relief that was uh, put forward to uh, reduce uh, the debt in some of our coal plants, and if those coal plants were to close, what you would want done with that money. We're going to be reaching out to you. Uh, we'll be sending out an email. We will have people calling you trying to get that information. If you're willing to participate, it's all voluntary, of course. But if you do, you will be in a drawing for one of five $50 Amazon gift cards. So there's an incentive. <laughs> it's a carrot, not a stick. So <laughs> stay tuned for that. If you like what you hear on this podcast, subscribe to us on your uh, on any anywhere this podcast may be found. Write a positive review. Share it on your social media platforms. Folks, this has been Renew Missouri. My name is James Owen. I've been uh, been here with Dalton Archer. We thank you for your time, and we hope that you have a good rest of your week.